Good morning, Valley Church. That's a good morning, isn't it? Let's try it again then. Good morning. Praise God. He's so good. So good. Just mm, awesome worship this morning. As Tim was leading us in communion, it just seemed like the presence got a little bit thicker. Awesome morning. Awesome morning in the presence of God. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Mm. Father, I just thank you for this, for this beautiful morning. And as I look across this congregation, for every beautiful face, the beautiful people that you've assembled here this morning, God. And I just pray that as we look at each other and look into one another's eyes, that we would see each other through your eyes and be able to genuinely love one another as you have so called us to do. I pray that right now in Jesus' name. But I also say, you know, Holy Spirit, we turn this over to you. I just turn this over to you this morning. I say, come, have your way. Use me to be your mouthpiece this morning that I would convey the thoughts that you have and the words that you have for your people, for your congregation, this people, this day. In Jesus' name. And together everybody said? Amen. 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 First scripture that I want to read this morning, I want to just kind of jump right in. and uh, Today I'm going to share some personal stuff. It's going to get... Very real and practical uh, in a little while. Start out with the scripture of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Man, say that with me, would you? For we walk by faith, not by by sight. Let's take that one step more personal. For I walk by faith, not by sight. Man, I, I've, I've heard that. I've used it. I've preached it. When I was looking at it over the last couple days, it took on just like a whole, what I call the H&L, it's like a whole nother level. It's like I, I was thinking, it's, man, we walk by faith, not by sight. Felt like the Lord gave me about three scriptures in a row. I'm going to share those scriptures with you first. Second Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith, not by sight. James 4, 7, submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee from you. And John 12, 24, where Jesus is speaking, and he said, unless a seed dies... It will never end up producing much. And we're going we're gonna to elaborate, we're going to go into these, into these scriptures because I felt like, get these in a row, I've got a, another list, a list of more scriptures that will elaborate on these three. But the first one I want to talk about, we walk by faith, not by sight. By faith. By faith, the songs that we were singing this morning about you split the sea so I can walk right through it. I said, what an incredible confirmation for what I had planned on speaking this morning. It's like, oh my goodness. There again, how the Holy Spirit just weaves things together still, still blows my mind. I shouldn't be in wonder, wonder over that, but I just like, are you kidding me right now? Because the first thing right out the gate, I want to talk about in Exodus just a little bit, where Moses, by faith, as God had instructed him, when they came to the Red Sea, the, children, or the, the Israelites chasing them with all of their chariots, and, and these guys were doomed right out of the gate when they hit the Red Sea. But Moses, hearing the voice of God, acting in faith, stood there at the edge of the Red Sea, put his rod out, spread his hand, just as God said, and the Red Sea parted 
By faith, the children of Israel were able to walk on dry ground across the Red Sea. Is that not amazing? When you read that and just think about that, you know, they got there. They knew that they were to be set free. They hurried out of there. They took all of the gold that was given to them. They got to the edge of the Red Sea. They weren't just exactly sure what to do. They saw the clouds of smoke, the chariots coming, and we're doomed now, God. But Moses, by faith, and then the children of Israel, they had to end up having the faith, looking at two great big walls of water on both sides of them to actually step out into that. It's like... And walk across to the other side. By faith, they were saved. Oh, by faith, we are saved. Made righteous through faith. By faith, they were saved. By faith, we are saved. But they crossed over, got to the other side, remembered that incredible miracle, sang some songs, did some celebration. Because the waves crashed in, that tall wall of water crashed in and just absolutely destroyed those that were chasing them. So, victory, victory, victory in Jesus. Man, we have seen something incredible happen. Our faith has crossed us over, has saved us. How much longer was it, like once around or so, before they had spies that were sent to spy out the land that they were supposed to cross over and inhabit. And then what happened? By faith they were saved, by the sight, by the sight, what the, what the spies came back with and the report that they made because of what they saw, they sinned. By faith, they were saved. By faith, miracles took place. By sight, they sinned. We are to be led by faith, not by... I am led by faith. Let's say that together again. I am led by faith. I walk in faith. Not by sight. Because the things that we see so oftentimes will lie to us and be contrary to what God is saying, to what God is showing us. But we are so, so, so prone to let ourselves slip back into the natural rather than hanging on to the words, the promises, and what He shows us our faith just slips, slides, because of our sight. Right? Is there anybody that doesn't struggle with that some? Oh, bunch of sinners. <laughs> now James 4.7, I'm skipping around just a little bit. How do we build our faith... How do we hang on to that faith? How do we grow our faith like building our muscles? It's submit to God. James 4, 7 says, Submit to God, then resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Like, man, that doesn't sound so hard. But what does submit mean to you? What does submit mean to me? If, exactly, surrender, surrender, surrender. Surrender what I see. Give up on that, but, but, I have this experience. But I've seen this, and it scared me. The children of Israel came back and said, but we, after they had sent the spies out, the spies came back. The report that they had is, they have fortified cities, and we are as in our sight, we are as grasshoppers. And we believe that in their sight, we are as grasshoppers as well. So there's no way that we can take it. 
But God had promised it to him. He would make provision. He told him, I will give you this promised land. But they saw, and they feared what they saw. I think in our lives, so, so oftentimes, I'm going I'm to break into something pretty personal here just in a little bit, where God has been working on me and teaching me a really big lesson in something that, yes, but God, I have lived through. Yes, but God, I have seen. But God, I know what happened. Amelie, what a shock. Thanks for throwing me completely off track right there, just, just by showing up. So good to have you. Uh, what, by some of the things that, that I've seen, by the reality of what I know from the economy, the world that we live in, there are things that, from my perspective, I need to adjust to. Is this making sense yet? And math. Oh, Matthew, would you? I, I have to tell you, last night, Renee and I, Ed, Ed Pomeransky had a hip replacement just a couple days ago. And he was in the hospital. He, he got out of the hospital. So we wanted to go over and see him and see if they needed anything. Maybe we could go pick up Chinese food for him or something. So we, we rolled in there and, and we got parked. As we were walking to the sidewalk to walk up to their front door, Matthew Forsyth is doing the same thing. We just met right there on the front step of the Pomeransky house, us going to, to, to see, just to pray with them, to pray over them, you know, to bless them and see if they needed something to eat. And Matthew had been asked earlier if he could swing by sometime when he had time. It's like God does the most amazing and creates the most amazing coincidences, <laughs> just call it amazing coincidences, uh, and we went in, we were able to pray over Ed, and, and uh, he's doing so well, he's doing awesome, by the way, doing very, very, very well, and his wife's doing a fabulous job, Esther, of taking care of him. He said, God's given me the best nurse in the world right here, so it was, it was a fun time, it was encouraging for all of us, but as we left... We stood on just outside their step, and we, and we sh shared back and forth just a little bit. And there are so many times that Matthew and I end up on the same page. God is giving him scripture or something before I've started to preach. Well, we started to share out there on the sidewalk just a little bit, and he started telling me, giving me a little, little testimony of what's happening in his life, and I'm going, are you kidding me? That's what I'm talking about in the morning. <laughs> so, Matthew, would you come up here and we were talking about that walking in, in, in faith, in submission, and taking that faith to the next level, and you're on. Yeah, uh, it was awesome running into Pastor Lynn and Renee yesterday. Um, I just felt like the Lord wanted me to share this morning uh, what I share with him that, you know, so often I walk by sight, and I think one of the easiest areas is finance. Yep. <laughs> like, our, you know, our bank account is Wells Fargo or, or our 401k or Idaho Credit Union. And the Holy Spirit's like, no, that's not your bank account. Your bank account's not Idaho Credit Union. It's not Chase Bank. It's not your 401k. It's not your job. It's, it's, it's my kingdom. You know, our resource is the kingdom. And, you know, I do sales. And over the last couple of years, even every couple months, you know, your, your quota gets bigger, right? That's the nature of sales. It's never enough last month. So you get bigger and bigger. And I often just get in the natural and I'm like, oh my goodness, I, I start living by sight. And it's like, how is this going to happen? But then when I pause, I feel like the Lord's saying, submit to me, be still, just like the Egyptian or the, the Israelites right on the Red Sea. What did Moses say? You just need to be still, and then you'll see the salvation of the Lord. Just be still, be still. And just in the last couple of weeks, last month or so, there's times where the Holy Spirit's like, you have an unseen bank account called the kingdom of God, called my glorious riches. And it's, it's so contrary to the natural, because you can't, I can't take a credit card per se, although by faith I can. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, my debit card is not my Chase debit card. It's faith. And you can't see the kingdom of God. 
And we're bombarded by how much we're making. And we look at our bank account, maybe like you, I look out on a daily basis and see where I'm at and you balance your books. But man, we can get so natural. We can get so natural. And I felt the Holy Spirit just wooing me to say, hey, I want you to start drawing on my bank account. I want to show forth my glory. And last month I had a huge goal for June. And I said, okay, Lord. And I was tempted to, be, to struggle with anxiety and stress. But I resisted it and I said, no, I'm not going to give way to that. I resist you, devil, and literally the final numbers came in, and I have to wait about a week, but I crunched my own numbers, and I'm like, I didn't reach my goal, but it was technically 0.6, so I don't know if they're going to round up or not. Well, a week later, I met my goal by literally one sale, and they rounded up, so I technically didn't reach my goal, but they rounded up, and I'm like, God, like, talk about, like, God getting you through the Red, you know, the Red Sea. I mean... You know, and that meant a difference of thousands of dollars. I'll just say that. That one sale. And it's, what does it do, though? It leads you to worship. <laughs> you know, because finance is so often a place of anxiety or, or stress or fear or our own just prideful calculation. I make my money, you know. But I feel like over the last couple of years, more and more, the Lord's like, I want finance to be a place of worship. I want finance to be up. I want it to be a place where you see my glory and you just want to give me praise because you're drawing on a heavenly bank account and I'm going to do things that don't make sense in the natural, but it's so you can give me glory. Just like the, you know, the Israelites, they get on the other side. They couldn't say, well, we made that happen. <laughs> you know, they did nothing, right? They just trusted God and they resisted it. So anyway, that was kind of what I was sharing with Pastor Lynn is that with finance, like God wants us to draw on a heavenly bank account, not just to make us rich or to pay our bills. It's to give him glory, you know? So I just, I just want to declare over you guys, this is what I felt to say. Like some of you might feel like you have chains with finance and I just prophesy right now, God's breaking off those chains and you're going to experience freedom in Jesus name. And today is going to be a breakthrough moment. And even now in the spirit, you're feeling that he's going to deliver you. Some of you came in here with financial anxieties and I saw, I believe in the spirit chains being broken and you're not going to be like in Egypt under the slavery that they experienced that, you know, finance can be, the scripture says it can be, we can be slave to the debtor. And I just declare over this whole room right now, if you're having any financial struggles where you're giving way to anxiety or fear, that's not God's will for your life. That is the enemy's desire, not God's. And I declare freedom and victory over you in Jesus' name. I just release freedom and victory in finance. That you're going to have a song of praise in finance. I just prophesy that. I declare that. You're going to walk by faith in finance from now on in Jesus' name. That there is grace for that this morning. No anxiety again. Only peace. Only victory in Jesus' name. <laughs> mm. Yes, Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Chuck and Cam oh, Cameron, I just really felt like this morning, to, as we were worshiping, I just go over and put my hand on you, and as I put my hand on you, I just felt like God said, today is a day of upgrade. I don't even know exactly what that means, but it's, it's a breakthrough day and an upgrade day for you. I, I, I wanted to tell you that, but it's just like upgrade, 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 breakthrough. And wherever you're needing it, God is today. Today's the day. Today's the day for you. Yeah, before I go into the next session, right here is the time. I... Uh, personally have been through, I'm 67 years old, so I, I've watched the economy and watched it go. Been playing the real estate game for a long time, you know, bought, sold properties and have owned properties and, and, and watched the bubble burst, watched the economy grow, watched the bubble burst, watched the adjustment come, watched these, these things. So, so the knowledge the worldly knowledge that I have gleaned and gained, man, that can be really valuable. But to be led by sight rather than being, or walking by sight rather than walking by 
Faith is walking through my experiences, making judgment calls from my experiences, rather than being led by the Holy Spirit as I walk in faith. Now, I say that to say this. Four years ago, we sold our house. And as I was deciding, I was deciding what to do. And one of the, one of the declarations I made before this congregation is, you know, we're, we're doing some things to become debt-free. And that we're going to build a new house, and I want to be debt-free when we build this new house. I don't really want to have a mortgage payment. I made that, that, that statement here, and it's I, I, I. I want, I plan, I'm going to do this. Now, I made that declaration, and I also made that declaration to my wife that we're going to downsize. We're getting older, not younger. So we spent four years working on a compromise, thought we would be in a new house in a year. We lived where we were at for four years while we were working on this compromise. Well, this compromise, this house we are now building, is... <laughs> bigger than anything we've lived in yet. See what a negotiator I am? And I'm not able to build it with cash, I'm going to be taking a mortgage out to build this bigger house. And how did I get there? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to get this into words, Louie. <laughs> she didn't win big. She, she cheats. She spends way too much time praying. And, um, come on, Lynn, stop it. Finally, when I <clears throat> decided to grab onto faith, but more, it was really probably more a combination of faith and sight, but I've seen, but I've seen, and I don't ever want to be in a position again where I'm worrying about making a house, but where, where money is tight, where um, I don't want to be there ever again. I'm older, not younger. My, my, uh, my earning power is, is, is shriveling, not growing. That's my perspective. That's not God's perspective. That's my perspective. Kind of, kind of got to a point here just in the most recent past, where God started showing me some things, like, she is my daughter, I am very pleased with her, the desire of her heart is to have her dream home, and there is absolutely no reason that you won't give that to her. I was like, well, wait a minute. You know that I have seen in my 45 years of investing in, in real estate, and I, we, we've seen the economy do these, these crazy things, Lord, and we're in, a, in a, like pretty much a debt-free situation, and you're saying that I should take on debt again? And man, it sent me to looking at some... Hmm of my financial records. What's happened to your income, son? Well, you know I've worked really hard, Lord. Yeah, didn't you work really hard in the past? And didn't you see the rug just get jerked right out from under you and find yourself in a really good economy, almost broke? Well, yeah, yeah. 
Are you not more blessed right now than you have been in many, many years? Over the last four years, son, has your income not doubled, tripled? It's like, well, yeah, but it's like, you have been blessed. Now bless my daughter. It's like, oh, okay. And when you move out of this place that you now, where you now dwell, it will make the payment. So you won't really have a payment because this will make the payment on the house that you're going to be moving into. So you're not going into debt, knucklehead. It's like, it's like oh, well, I'm the one that's pretty good with math, I thought, but looking through a lens of fear. A lens of experience that I've seen, I've seen and I don't want. It's like, God, and he's saying, don't you trust me? It's like, yes, yes. Then you need to submit to my will. It's like, oh, okay. Realizing that rather than submitting to God and resisting that voice, that's bringing fear into my life and trying to stockpile and say, I need more money, I need more money, I need more money. It's like, no, you need to listen to my voice and obey me. Submit to me, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I feel like that's such a powerful word that we, that we need to have. And it's, it's submit. Once we submit to the will of God, for our lives, man, the devil sees that so much of our communication is body language. And, you know, like, huh, like Renee to get on a horse. She can get on the tamest horse and it wants to run, rub her off, buck or something because they sense fear. Animals sense fear. I think that that's the same thing in the demonic realm. Satan goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, and it is those who fear him. I'm no longer a slave to fear because I'm a child of God. It's like, fear not, fear not. Fear not, for I'm with you. <clears throat> I'm with you in the storm. I'm with you in the fire. When Jesus was in the boat and the waves were crashing and the wind was blowing and they were freaking out thinking they were going to die and he's asleep in the bottom of the boat... It's because he just had perfect peace in every situation. And that's what he wants for us, is to walk in, to live in peace in every situation. When Matthew was talking about, you know, that we, we need to be in a, in a place, in a position of, of worship for our finances, I believe also it's in a place of peace and rest doesn't mean that you don't work. We are called to work. The, the, the Word says that He will give you opportunity to create and establish wealth. That still means that we have to work. We don't just... I remember a time and some people that, uh, that we had known that would lay hands on the refrigerator and pray over the refrigerator. It's like, man, why don't you get out and get a job? You know... The reality is, if, if it's, oh, it is our responsibility to use the God-given gifts that we have and the hands that we have to get out and earn for ourselves a living. One who does not work and take care of his family is as an infidel. So what Matthew is saying, and I agree 100%, is like, you know, he has a... That guy, well, he got up here and shared. It's like, you know, he seems so, so laid back. He's got like 70 stores that he's responsible for, or 70-some stores. Isn't that right? 73, 70 stores that he's responsible for, and he can just rest in the Lord doing his due diligence to do his job but listening to the Holy Spirit who guides him, who directs him. Because if we start to slip back 
from walking in the Spirit, from walking in faith, for believing and trusting God and doing everything that He shows us to do, submitting our will to His, if we step out of that even just a little bit, He's still there, but He's saying, okay, son, you think you got it, you go for it. And we leave our position of rest and peace and enter into that place of frustration and strive and try and sleeplessness because we stay awake at night trying to figure out how am I going to accomplish this? What am I going to do? Are you with me? Yes. We find ourselves in that position of rest, in that place of peace, when we submit to God, when we listen to what He's saying, and align ourselves with Him, with His will. So do we not have to work? Now, anybody that thinks that, it's like, sorry. I remember somebody coming to me, it's like, ah, I know that you've done a lot with real estate that you've bought and sold a lot of real estate. You have rentals, you have this stuff. You know, teach me. It's like, okay. How much money do you have saved up? What kind of credit do you have? Well, I really don't have either of those right now. Well, I really don't have anything to work with then. I, I can't tell you. said, well, I believe that God loves me enough that, they're, that He's going to send somebody to me that loves me enough that they're going to invest in me, it's like, yeah, that's not very likely. That's not very likely. When you've been faithful in the small things, he can trust you with much. He's not going to trust you with very much if you've not been faithful in the small things. If you've not been a good steward of the money, of the finances, the assets, the things that he's given you, don't expect that you're going to be the one that stands in line to, to it's like, oh, the wealth of the wicked is gathered up for me. He can't trust you with 10 cents. How could he trust you with a million dollars? Oh, that really went over well. Okay, turn with me to John 12, 24. That's not the alarm that says we're done. <laughs> John 12, 24. Um, we'll start with, we'll start with, 12, with 23. But Jesus answered them. Some people had, had, had come to Jesus. Uh, I'm not going to go into a lot of background. But some people had come to Jesus. The, uh, he, he speaks, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, everybody say with me, dies. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. Hmm. It remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it. He who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. We think of ourselves like a kernel of wheat. The Bible says... When we, when we read in like the 5th, 6th chapter of Roman, it says, We died and were buried with him in baptism to be resurrected, to walk into newness of life with him. So, and I think this is just a, a, an absolute reflection of that. If we think of ourselves as one single grain, one single seed, one kernel of wheat, 
One kernel of wheat that's, that's hard when you get it right out of, the, out of the field, you know, you grab one of those heads, pull that out, it's, it's, it's kind of hard and protected. It's got some chaff, chaff, whatever you call that, stickery stuff around it. You can take it out and look at it. it, it it's protected, it's there. But you take that one grain of wheat, as he's saying, and if you go put that thing on a shelf, you have one grain of wheat that will just be by itself. It'll even get harder and crunchier, that one grain of wheat. But if you take that grain of wheat, you bury it in the ground, gets a little, little water, it's planted in good ground, that grain of wheat will sprout up a wheat plant about that high. That thing will probably have about five heads on it. Each of those heads, three to five heads, each of those heads having between 22 and 50 more grains of wheat. So that means that you're going to be 100, 150, that one thing, that one seed has produced 150 more. Now, if we think of ourselves as not dying to self, not dying with Jesus on the cross, but hanging on, living by sight, by the standards of the world, we will be by ourselves, winning nobody, accomplishing nothing, just one kernel of wheat. But if we will die to our flesh and the desires of our flesh, bury that with Jesus to be resurrected, to walk in newness of life with Jesus. The fruit that we bear, that we see, we will not only be duplicated in our efforts, but multiplied in our efforts. And the fruit will be much. Are you with me? Unless, unless we die to ourselves. Now, I want to go right back to, I had a plan between my wife and I, and I told her, this is what we want to do. We, this is what we want to do. This is we, what, what we want to do. I don't want to be in debt. I don't want to be in debt. I don't want to do, I, 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 I. So often, all of us get consumed by the things that we see, the things that we want, our perception, our perspective, and it becomes about I. It becomes about me. Not about Him and coming into alignment with His will, His voice. Ah, but I have to submit my will to His. I have to die to my own flesh. And how all of these things are going to affect me is really insignificant when it's about him and his desires coming into alignment with the will and purpose that he has for my life. Thank you, Jesus. John the Baptist, well, first, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, those of us who are in Christ Jesus have become a new creation. Can we put that up, Linda? Second Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We're baptized, buried with Christ in baptism to be resurrected to walk in newness of life. All things have become new. And if we don't see some changes and the people around us don't see some changes, that was not a very effective baptism. We either didn't mean it, something happened, something went wrong. 
If you don't see my life changing after Jesus has come into my heart and life, and you see no difference, I don't really have Christ within me. The Bible will tell you that too. If you're not walking in the Spirit, if you're not changing some things in your life in, in the visible, then, man, it really didn't take. Now we'll go to John 3.30. John the Baptist was talking. Some of his disciples were realizing that a lot of the people were, were, were following Jesus. They were going to Jesus. And, and he had these, this, these disciples that are said, hey, we're losing people. They're, they're going over. They're following Jesus. And, and, and John said to his disciples, he said, Jesus must increase. I must decrease. His mission was to prepare the way of the living Lord. He came to prepare the way of the living Lord. Our mission is to prepare the way of the living Lord. He's coming again. He's coming again. He's coming for a bride. And my mission and your mission is to prepare the way for Him to come again by preparing the bride for Him. So I must decrease so he can increase. So when people see Lynn Hardy, they're seeing more Jesus than they are Lynn. And if that ain't happening, I ain't doing it right. But I'm working on it. I'm working on submitting more and more and more of my will to his will, saying, God, let it be unto me, Lord, your will be done in my life. My desire is to serve you. My desire is to fulfill the purpose that you have for my life. And when it means laying down, submitting more stuff, submitting more of me, more of my life, crucifying more of my flesh, so I can walk in your spirit. Are you with me? Is this making sense to you? Man, there are some things that have to die in our lives, that I have to give up, that I have to bury with Jesus in baptism so that I can fulfill the purpose that He has for my life. So it, but you don't know what she said to me. You don't know what she did to me. That was hurtful. That, that, that hurt my feet. That grossly offended me. That, that, that questioned my integrity. And, and I was dishonored by that. God, and he said, it's, it's not about you. There was, I'm going to share another, uh, share another story. I was in a, in a meeting. Now, it's been more than once. Been in a, in a meeting. One time in a board meeting. And Somebody came to the board meeting and, and had just like kind of a burr under their saddle there just a little bit and, and uh, just threw something out there that completely... A friend of mine, Mickey Shields, talked about getting hit with a fist in the ear. He said, that just completely ear-holed me, Lynn. I got ear-holed in a board meeting. It's like, what? Why would you... My first reaction, the first thought that came to my mind, it's like, you know, I'm a good debater. I'm reasonably bright, fairly intelligent. I can put you in your place in a heartbeat, and I'm thinking about doing it right now, and then hear that still, small voice of the Holy Spirit saying, wrong time, Lynn, wrong time. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. You're supposed to love this person. It doesn't matter what he or she just said. It's your responsibility to represent me well, Lynn. It's like, oh yeah, oh yeah. And we find ourselves in those positions a lot where our flesh wants to just scream out. We're ready to step from the spirit into the flesh in a heartbeat and just let somebody have it because what they just did to me it's like, Lynn, bury that part of your flesh. Listen to what I have to say about that. 
look at them, ask them, seek to understand, then to be understood. Recently, I'm just talking about this, the house deal that, that Renee and I are we're building a really nice house. She's living, going to be soon living in her dream home, and I'm happy about it. Now, for real, but I'm not a great loser, but <laughs> no, I am really, this, it's going to be awesome, and, and, it, and I know that it's something that God put his stamp on, whether I agreed with it or not to start with, but in this process, uh, which created even a little bit more of an attitude because I have to get a mortgage, not able to do this thing with cash, and it's like, I have to get a mortgage. So I went and I did the whole application process, something I've done many, many, many times over the years. And through this application process, I submitted everything that they asked for. Well, a few weeks later, they're asking for more. It's like, okay, here's the more. A Another week or so later, they're asking for more. It's like, wait a minute, but some of that more was something, stuff that I already gave you. And so, it's like, okay, Lynn, you put right on the application what your job is. You pastor a church. So you better be nice. <laughs> it's like, yes, yes, uh, but... I already gave you that just a couple of weeks ago. If you look through your pile of stuff, you're going to see that you've already got that. <laughs> so I can't help but put just a little bit of bite in it. It's like, come on. You... Okay, we get closer. It's like, man, it's time for the appraisal. You ready for the appraisal? I say, well, I'm ready for the appraisal if you're ready to give me the money. It's like, so... They charge my credit card to get an appraisal. It's like, appraisal's coming. Now, here's the incredible part of this whole story, which... <clears throat> stop it. The incredible part of this whole thing is when I get that house done, because of the appraisal, the amount of money that I'm going to be spending on that and the awesome plan that we have, this, this, this fabulous dream home of Renee's, it's going to be worth almost $250,000 more than it's costing me to build it. So not only is this going to be an incredible blessing to us, it's not going to hurt at all. It's going to bless us. It's, it, it makes our financial, our financial report that we fill out even better, even bigger. In that obedience, God continues to bless me. In something that I thought was like, I don't want to do. I'm not. I don't want. I don't. I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that. Well, like, okay, back to the banker. So the banker's asking for more stuff. For more stuff. We get right down to where we're within a week of closing on this construction loan, and the house is framed up, and the plumbing's done, and the electrical's almost finished, and I'm still doing it with my money. And now I am needing this money, and I've conveyed to him, I'm going to be needing money here pretty quick. No worries, he says. Within 30 days of the start of this process, we'll, we'll be funding it. So, okay, okay, we're good. Good, good. So, we're in a, within a day of the deadline day. And he calls me and says, no, he does. Lynn, I need this, 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 and this. And I said, what? I have given you everything that you've asked for. You told me 30 days uh, and, and I would be funded and now you're asking me for more of this stuff. And he said, well, yeah, you, you blah, blah, blah. And he's very, very calm, very cavalier about this whole thing. And I am losing some of my calm. I'm losing some of my peace because this has become redundant. It's happened over again. I've had to show him stuff that I've already given him and all of this now is piling up a little bit because I'm not in that peace place right now. I'm in a place of frustration, starting to be a little bit concerned because I'm going to have to pay some bills that I probably don't have money enough to do now and I don't do things that way. But I believed what he told me. So, I kind of told him that. 
I said, you told me it was going to be a month. He said, well, that's tomorrow. (laughs) Tomorrow. And you're asking for this stuff that I have to gather up. Well, my daughter-in-law does my books, and she lives 35 miles away. So for me to gather that, we have to... Anyway, that's like, I'm just getting frustrated. So I told him just pretty much exactly the way that I felt, without getting really mean, but I was very, very direct with this guy. And the Holy Spirit checked me up big time. It's like playing basketball. When you go up for a big jump shot, you just absolutely get... (laughs) It's like, that's how I felt. It's like, oh, oh. He said, you're going to have to apologize to him. It's like, but he said... He says, you're going to have to apologize to him. It's like, yeah, you're right. Oh, shoot. So I called him up. Jared, he's ready to get another earful. <laughs> he says, yes, Lynn, what can I do for you? Yeah, it was like I tried about three times before he answered the phone, to be honest with you. He, he didn't just, just answer. I said, Jared, this is the guy's name, obviously. I said, I need to apologize to you. And he said, he just gets quiet for a little bit. And I said, I, I am really sorry that I took this out on you. I said, this is, this is just some frustration that's coming. And I started explaining. And I said, but I owe you an apology. I am very, very sorry for the way that I've just treated you. And he goes, oh, well, I don't blame you at all. That's, I understand. But he said, you know, it's underwriting. It's, it's out of my hands. It's, it's underwriting. It's not, it's not my fault. But I completely understand. Don't you worry about it. You don't owe me any apologies. Yes, I do. Forgive me. He goes, okay, okay, no problem. Well, as soon as that happened, as soon as I stepped into that place of obedience and submitted my will, my frustration, everything fell right together. We ended up closing then the next day. It's like, oh, God, you are so good so faithful when we submit and are obedient. It's just amazing how that works. I must decrease. It's not all about me. I, 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 I. I have to decrease in my flesh to walk in the spirit realm where there is incredible blessing where there's peace, where there's joy. 2 Corinthians 7.6. I want to close with this verse. 2 Corinthians 7th chapter, 6th verse. Uh, Wrong verse. Is that 2 Corinthians? I'm going to look as we, as we conclude, but the, the verse that I was looking for, 2 Corinthians, I thought, 7, 6. One that I was looking says that, that when we are carnally minded, it leads to death. When we are spiritually minded, it leads to life and peace. So walking in the Spirit, in complete submission, in obedience to God, lives, leads to life and peace. Being carnally minded and living in the carnal realm, operating out of the flesh, basically leads to death. And that's not where we want to be. We want to put our flesh to death, so we can live and walk in the Spirit, by the Spirit, and live in peace, peace, peace. That peace that lets you sleep at night. That peace that you confidently know who you are, where you're going, and whose you are. That third person that's in the fire, that third person that was in the 
in, in the flames the, as the angel that was standing, that, keeping the water separated in the Red Sea. He's always with us. He's always with us. Would you stand? Mm-hmm. Well, she's getting ready. I just want to... One more scripture. Ephesians 6, 10 through 12 says that, you know, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but it's with powers and principalities and rulers of darkness in the heavenly realms. It's like when we are walking in the Spirit, when we are led by the Spirit, our battle is spiritual. And then we walk it out in the flesh. I just want to say that at the same time that my husband was going through a struggle, the Lord was dealing with me. And I have been through a process where the Lord, I gave him everything. I literally had he, he delivered me of, of pride. And I feel like that I just laid down so many things in my life, living in the home that we've been living in, and it became precious to me. Every morning, the Lord would remind me to wake up and be grateful, be thankful. And I started thanking the Lord every day for everything in my life that I could think of. And I have a whole new attitude. I had come to the point where, Lord Jesus, if I never get a house, I'm okay. I'm so happy. I'm full of joy. So I didn't want you to think that, you know, I was like demanding something. Because God blessed me, but I had to humble myself before the Lord and give everything to him. And so I just want to bless you with that. Gratefulness is a powerful thing in your life. Being thankful for your health when you wake up in the morning. Be thankful for your people around you. And God is so merciful to forgive us. And, and it says, humble yourself before the Lord. And I really feel like that that's what happened. I humbled myself before the Lord. And God was dealing with my husband, and I didn't even know it. So I just wanted to add that gratefulness is a powerful tool. I told you I'm not a very good loser, so I didn't tell her all this stuff. This is the first that she's hearing about it. <laughs> and she didn't tell me all that stuff either, though. It's kind of interesting how, how God works on us, in us, and binds us together. Why don't you, why don't you pray for this congregation here? Lord Jesus, we love you, God, so much. Your ways are so much better than our ways, Jesus. And this world is not our home. We're just passing through, Jesus. And I just thank you, Lord, for every individual here. We thank you, Lord, that we are going to live in the realm of the Spirit, where the bank account of heaven is attached to our lives, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that we appreciate everything you're doing, God. I thank you for these beautiful people. I thank you, Lord, that you know every situation. It's all different in everybody's lives. And, Lord, I thank you, God, that you are Jehovah, our provider. Lord Jesus, you make a way where there seems to be no way. And I just thank you, Lord, that we are going to walk in the Spirit, Lord Jesus. We lay down our desires, and we ask you, Lord, for your kingdom to come, your will to be done, in Jesus' name. Your will to be done, in Jesus' name. I bless every hardworking person in this building. I bless the children that they are going to grow up, and they're going to know what the goodness of God feels like. I thank you, Jesus. We thank you for health. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that our bodies are being healed even as we are transforming our, our thinking in you, Jesus. Thank you, God. We thank you for joy. We thank you for peace. And I bless these people, Jesus. We love each other, Lord Jesus. 
such an honor, Lord, to serve your people. And I bless them today, God, that they will walk out into the world this, this coming week with a whole new perspective. Lord, that have energy, Lord Jesus, to face tomorrow in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. If the prayer team would come up, and if there's any kind of a need that you have at all in your life, we have an amazing and a powerful prayer team that will be up here to pray with you. I just pray God's blessing over you as you go, that as we enter the workplace, as we enter wherever we go this week, that let your light shine so, un, yeah, so bright before men that they see Jesus in you. Amen. Have a fabulous week. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you.